Hello, and welcome to PCB Chat, where we talk with experts across the printed circuit design, manufacturing, and electronic supply chain fields. I'm Mike Buto, president of the PCEA. It goes without saying that finding talent is a big deal in electronics design and manufacturing. My guest today is John Watson. John's day job is customer success manager at Altium, but we've invited him on to talk about design engineering training. Specifically, John is teaching a course, well, two actually, on printed circuit design at the college level. Hi, John, and welcome to PCB Chat. Thank you very much, Mike. Thank you for having me. There's a lot I want to go through today. You're teaching at Palomar College, which is in San Diego County. San Marcos, uh, California, to be exact. San Marcos. Very good. Thank you. So let's talk about the class itself, and then we'll get into what initiated it. Okay. As I understand it, there are two segments, printed circuit board design and advanced printed circuit board design. That's correct. Give us a sense of what you cover in those courses. First off, let me tell you what my objectives are. That kind of what drives the curriculum a lot. Um, first off, my objective is to, in the basics class, is to take brand new designers. There's no background that they are required to have or any prerequisites or anything like that. Uh, these are brand new designers that I bring in. So that's kind of where I start things uh, with the basics class is step one, sort of. My main objective there is to walk them through the entire PCB design process. Now, I have, uh, in the basics class, I have 16 weeks to do that. It's a really good chunk of time, really. Uh, I I conduct class twice a week. Uh, It is an evening class. It is an online class, which makes it convenient for a lot of my students. They, um, which actually has now opened up this entire class nationally. I actually have students outside of the general San Diego area, and it it really makes it convenient. Uh, So in this class, what we do is we focus on the four stages of the PCB. Those four stages that we've, we've divided this up into are, number one, the libraries, so we will talk about the, the, the library structure, the component structure, different things like that. Those things become very important as we go through then the design process as we see why, what, why was it so important that we put certain things in our components at the beginning there, you know, things like that. And we, the second stage then is our schematic. So from here, it's a very linear process that we walk the students through to create their own and and usually their first PCB design. Uh, They go through the schematic, then we push that into the PCB, and then we go into the documentation stage where we output everything, our Gerber packages, our fab drawings, our assembly drawings, and so on. Uh, That's our main focus on that class is that we get them through that process from start to finish. Now, um, that's, um, like I said, it's a very linear process. So um, we kind of build on what we did the, the previous week. Uh, and we kind of say, okay, now that you've done this, you now can do this next step and next step. So um, in the advanced class, which is another 16 weeks, we kind of pick it up from there. Uh, we pick it up from where we created our document package. And then we actually go into the fab and assembly process. I think this is an area that a lot of times is missed by a lot of designers. I I work with a lot of fabricators, assemblers in the area here, 
And uh, I've asked them, I said, how many PCB designers actually come and visit a fab house? <laughs> it's, uh, it's actually very, very low. And uh, I would encourage you, even if you're a PCB designer today, visit a fab house. Understand how this all comes together and you'll have a much better understanding of uh, printed circuit board design. Um, it's, it's, really, it's really an interesting uh, concept and process that they go through. But let me go back one step here. In our, in our basics class, we actually do a printed circuit board from the Mars rover. So this is a controller board uh, from the Mars rover that we, we give to the students, and that's their, their PCB project that, that they're working on throughout that semester. Uh, in the advanced class, we then look at three PCB designs. So we focus more on the PCB side of this and the layout side, because what we develop there is uh, a much deeper dive into the PCB process. All right. So in, in the first, we divide it up into four stages. Uh, in the first stage, we talk about the fab and assembly process. We go, we actually visit a fab house. We see the assembly process. We see the machines and that. We see the steps that are taken by the fab house to get, to take our data and, uh, and create the board then and actually uh, bring back to us a completed design. Uh, so it's really exciting process when you look at it in that whole uh, whole kind of uh, you know s- those steps. The second stage of the advanced class, we we go into rigid flex design. Uh, this is really an amazing um, area. I think it's one of the the faster growing areas of uh, PCB design, uh, especially with the intake of medical uh, wearable mer- medical devices, things like this. They really kind of have driven that uh, entire industry. So one of the things I concentrate on for four weeks is um, rigid flex design. Uh, and it's really exciting to watch the students do that, that PCB. We then go into advanced PCB design. So now they're working more on the, they actually do a BGA design, uh, a rather big one. Uh, so this now involves all those different um, important physics of electronics, we'll call it. Uh, of the uh, advanced, uh, you know, the EMC, EMI, uh, we talk about length tuning, all those great things, uh, skin effects, uh, and uh, we talk more about why things happen in the PCB uh, in the way they do. All right, so let me explain that. In the, in the basics class, I'm more concerned about them connecting the dots, all right, really. I'm like, okay, uh, here, let's, let's solve the puzzle that you have in front of you. Now, in the advanced class, I kind of take that now and I say, okay, now let's look deeper into why a trace will be this length or why we need to have uh, uh, protection for our EMC, EMI. So I go a lot into the the physics of a trace and and the physics of the printed circuit board itself to understand um, why certain things are done. So now they have a, a much broader picture of, a, of exactly why they should do things the way they should. The last section of the advanced class, we take the three PCBs that we've done in this class and we put them together and we actually build a system design from there. So now we're talking about system uh, configuration, system design, uh, harness designing, things like this. Uh, we also get into more of the MCAD collaboration side, where we're actually now uh, co- looking at a role of 
of the entire team of, of who is involved with who, uh, of what uh, deliverables we'll say. And uh, they actually now will kind of work together as a team on that final project. So uh, if you look at this as a whole between the basic and the advanced, I have 32 weeks, um, <laughs> which I will tell you is not enough. <laughs> it's, like, it's not <laughs> enough. Um, I, I was recently talking to some professor, actually a professor and head uh, department heads of major universities uh, in March. And uh, I was asking, they were talking to me about the program, and um, and they, they asked me, how long do you uh, teach just PCB design? I said, 32 weeks. And they go, and they go, wow, I do six weeks. I go, what do you yeah. teach in six weeks? I mean, it's like, you, I, I barely touch this. I barely scratch the surface. So, um, but this is a, a phenomenal program. It's, it's, it's a... Um, just kind of give you some history. Palomar College, this is a program that's been going since 1995. Bill Brooks. Bill Brooks was uh, Bill Brooks was my instructor at Palomar College. But before Bill Brooks, there was a young gentleman by the name of Mike Creedon, who I, I know Mike started it. <laughs> and uh, he actually spearheaded this uh, in this area. And it's been going uh, for that uh, nearly that, um, what, nearly 34 years now. Um, so it's, uh, it's really exciting to be a part of this. I, uh, I, I am now the, uh, the next person, the next professor that has uh, filled the ranks here. And I'm really honored to be, to be doing this. It's, it's a really phenomenal, uh, the legacy, the history, the heritage that we have here on this class is just amazing. I, uh, I am real honored to be here. This podcast is sponsored by Windsource. Since 1999, Windsource is the top Pacific Asia electronic components distributor. With more than 3,000 manufacturers and over 1 million plus SKUs, Windsource provides online purchasing, 24-hour delivery, and a 365-day warranty. Whether obsolete or end-of-life, we have your components. Commonly used parts are also offered at a cost-effective price. Visit win-source.net. John, does do you get into things like impedance control, EMC, transmission lines, things like that? Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, and we 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 tie this into the physics of it. So we we say, okay, now if you have a trace of this length, what are we talking about here? Well, because of because of the copper formation and because of the atoms and because of the free electrons sitting out there that basically gets kicked around by everybody, right? We, we have a, we can now start developing from the, those basic physics principles, you know, some other things. And that's how I deal with this is that I go, okay, so if this is true, then let's look at this, how this affects then our layout, all right. So then if we have a trace of this length, we can determine there's a set impedance. We can then set. Uh, so we talk a lot about in a single uh, single line impedance. We also talk about differentials, why and where they're used. We also then get into length tuning. And then we get more into the energy of the trace when we talk about uh, EMC, EMI. Now, how do we control this uh, sort of thing? So we look at the PCB in a really, really deep detail in that in that advanced or in the advanced uh, section of the class, 
where um, we look at it and we say, okay, there are some things here we like, and we like to control. Uh, we, we, we use these principles, I, that's the way I would say it, uh, to benefit our design. And, and let me give you an example. Um, when we're talking about differential pairs, we actually love crosstalk. All right, we want crosstalk. But, but yet, when we're talking about, let's say, a high-speed design, no, 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 that's, we don't want that. We, we want to be able to protect our circuits and things like that. So um, having the students understand why certain things are used and how they are used, um, they actually begin to see a PCB in a different light. Uh, they don't see it as just solving the puzzle and making the connections. They look at it as saying uh, as an engineering, a, almost a mechanical item. It's actually, you know, with the development of the PCB design, it's actually understanding the physics of it, all right? And uh, that's exactly what I try to bring into the students. Um, so it's, it's really an interesting area. John, you mentioned that the class is taught online. Is that a concession to COVID that's just carried over? Uh, yes, yeah, exactly. And it's really been beneficial for us. I've actually enjoyed teaching it online uh, rather than in the classroom because what is now, uh, what is happening is I can actually have a student who, let's say, has a question actually share his screen. And we can walk through it as a class watching his screen, uh, which really makes it, it really makes it beneficial for everybody. Otherwise, if I was in a classroom setting, I'd have everyone gathered around his computer and peeking over each other's corner, you know, other other shoulders and everything else. <laughs> um, in a in an online class, it's really really beneficial. Uh, I can actually have him share his screen. We can walk through the problem, and my students have really kind of enjoyed that aspect of it. And how many nights a week do you teach? Uh, two nights a week. Uh, right now, my class is scheduled to start on August 22nd, the fall semester here. Uh, we are doing an evening class from on Tuesday and Thursday for three hours each. Now, you mentioned that uh, you do a visit to a fab shop, but if this is online, how do you, how do you replicate that? That is the one time that we will come together as a class is that is that uh, tour of the fab house. Uh, we will uh, bring everybody together and uh, we actually then tour it. At, you know, it's usually the first time I meet my class face to face. And if the students aren't located, you know, within a reasonable drive, um, do they just sit that one out or is there some other uh, uh, way that you try to uh, convey that information? Um, I actually have um, a, I, I can't record the, I can't record the tour of the fab house. This is an ITAR compliant uh, facility, but what I do do, I, I do have other tours that um, processes and things like that, that I have of videos of the process. So I do have them look at those. And uh, one of the other things I would add is that with my out of state students, I actually go visit them. At some point, um, this is something that I've gotten got into the habit of is that I like to meet my students face to face. I want to find out why they are taking this course. Um, and that's usually a question I ask them very uh, up very first night. I ask them, I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to, to write why you're doing this. 
I, I, I find that as, as such a great motivator for them later on, because I, I tell them, I said, this is not going to be an easy class. This is not a skate class. This is going to be very difficult. If you've never done this before, you're going to find this, you know, frustrating. Sometimes you're going to pull your hair out uh, and all this. But I want you to, to write down at the beginning why you're doing this. Then when you get into those situations where where you are frustrated, pull that sheet of paper out, reread it and refocus yourself on why you're exactly you're doing this. And uh, that is so important uh, to understand when you're especially in, I mean, there's a principle that we, we want to try to do even in what careers we have now. Um, I do it in my career is to understand why I'm doing something, not just I'm doing, you know, under looking at what I'm doing. Right. So that's a, it's a really important principle. You're taking homeschooling really literally there. Oh yeah. Yeah, exactly. Sounds almost like, uh, you know, like Mr. Hand and Jeff Spicoli and Fast Times at Ridgemont yeah. High, right? Showing up at the, at the student's yeah, exactly. house. One of the things that I have come into this in, um, through the industry, I'm not a professor. I didn't, you know, I didn't uh, just go to school and say, yeah, I'm going to be a teacher. It was sort of where I, I, I as a person who's been in the industry for uh, 43 years now in electronics and 23 of those in, in PCB design. It was something that I, I, I love doing first off, but I, I bring a lot of this experience into my classroom as real world experience. I, I don't just say here, read this chapter and take a quiz or do what the, you know, this is. I bring a lot of real world exercises and experience into this to where it, I run my class the way I would run a company. And I, I'll give you a great example. I will have my students doing a PCB design or doing their lab, uh, working on their designs. And all of a sudden, I'll just say, look, uh, we just got a phone call from sales department saying we got to cut uh, $50 out of our bomb. What do you do? And, you know, you hear the shrieks going up through the class, you know, what? I go, this is real. This is this is what happens. All right. Um, it's not a, a PCB design as much as we would love it to happen. Right. Is, uh, yeah, I love to start it and everybody leaves me alone and and nothing happens and there's no challenges and everything else. And I just work through this whole process. And it comes out the other side and, and it goes into fab and it's all perfect and everything. And, you know, it yeah, good luck. happen that way, right? <laughs> there are, there are people, I, I remember the old, remember the old video game years ago called Pitfall? Oh yeah. Uh, the old Atari game, right? I used to play it. Um, now I'm aging myself, right? But it used to be where you're running through this jungle and the, the whole, the whole jungle would open up and you'd fall into this pit, Right. And um, that's PCB design. That's that's how I describe this to my students. That's PCB design. It is like you're running a gauntlet of issues and problems and and it, all this and that. You try to keep control of it, but um, you know it's it's how you control that and what what affects your design. And this is how I I, I teach it. Is, you know, okay, now you've got this issue. Now, where do we go? How do, what's our first steps? What's our next steps? And, and so on and so on. 
Um, and one of the, the, the traits I, I give to my students is, you know, very first night I tell them, you will be successful in this course if you learn to eat the elephant. Learn to eat the elephant. Take it one step at a time, one bite at a time. Don't get frustrated by it. And you'll get through this, all right? It's all done by one step at a time. Understand what affects other things and things like that. Um, so it's really kind of interesting. I, I, I really have a mixture of students, by the way, in my class. Um, I have double E's, uh, which are actually training for a double E degree. There's that level in my, the college system there. There's also a brand new PCB designers that are looking for career changes or things like this. Uh, now that's that's um, that's probably one of the most interesting areas because you would think that well, okay, well, double E, right? They should have this all down. Well, I actually find that the double E's have more of a problem with PCB design. I've seen. Why is that? I think it's because they get too much into the details of it and they get, they get lose their focus on the solution. That's the best way I can describe this is they, they will, they will lay down a trace, for example, and they'll say, well, is that correct? Well, it's, it's, is it, the better question is, is it a solution? Um, I, I give each one of them the same schematic when they start, but yet I tell them every one of your PCBs are going to be different. And that's what's unique about PCB design is this is the artistic side of all this. Uh, you know, this is where your kind of ind individuality comes out in the PCB design. Uh, and a lot of times I find that double E's have just kind of the, uh, a little bit of the mental processing that they do that they kind of have to look at it in a much a deeper sense um, and I've actually seen in my career that um, some of the best PCB designers are artists. They come from that field. Bill Brooks, as you mentioned earlier, is what now? He's a, a world-renowned world sculptor, beautiful sculptor. You know, and I think of other people that uh, Susie Webb, who's a, who, who we know, right? Uh, a landscape artist and uh, different things. So it's, it's very easy connection between the artistic side of the PCB design and, and, uh, <laughs> and the artist we'll say, and it's, you can't teach that side of it. It's something that they have to see for themselves. Uh, it's where they see a solution. They see the PCB and, they kind of visualize it of, of, okay, I see how this can come together um, and the puzzle, you know. Yeah, I, I do think that, you know, understanding or thinking in, in three dimensions helps a lot. Another colleague had suggested that uh, the future of PCB design is playing Minecraft right now. And I, I don't think she's wrong. I think that, yeah. you know, that it teaches you to think in three dimensions and it's just not, not think of everything as a flat object. And particularly now, the way that designs are going and, and there's so much connected to that. You know, you have to think right. of the chip and the board almost as a single object, um, being able to uh, consider more than just, you know, this trait on this plane is really important. Right. Yeah. And uh, we, we definitely get into that with the advanced classes when we start developing our layer stacks. And now, you know, 
the basics class is a four-layer board, but when we get into the advanced, now we're talking about eight and 10-layer because we're talking about a rather big BGA, um, and they have to kind of think now, how do I how do I formulate, put this puzzle together in much more of a broader sense? Um, but yeah, I, I, um, I have a lot of, it's interesting uh, when I take the, my students through the process, especially when we make the jump from the schematic to the PCB, I don't tell them what's going to happen here. I mean, uh, it's like, okay, folks, we're ready to jump over from our schematic into our PCB. Go ahead, and here's your process, and we're going to push this. And now um, I just let them kind of go through those steps. And what happens is I, I just kind of take a step step back, and I, I watch this, and they push their schematics in their PCB, and all of a sudden it's like, Holy smokes! What happened? What's going on? It's like, right? It's like they, with all the connections and all the components and the rat's nest going everywhere and everything, right? And uh, I, I kind of refer this to my uh, Mister Bill moment for my students. <laughs> it, uh, it's like I, uh, it, and it's for the younger students in my class. It's like, well, who's Mister Bill, right? <laughs> Um, but it's uh, it's really kind of a great interesting process I I love the fact that we can take these students and bring them through this process I I really think that this our industry needs this Uh, and that's really what kind of drives me Um, I've noticed for close to at least 10 years now um, I, it's, it, there is a downturn of available talent in our industry. I get calls every week, um, from companies saying, well, are you available for work? We have, you know, contracts, we got this, we got this going on. And there is a real lack of talent in our, our industry. Uh, and this has been a, a growing trend for at least 10 years that I can see, um, where I mean, as a matter of fact, PCA does their um, their yearly survey of, of PCB designers, and they ask them the question: uh, Do you do you intend to retire in the next twelve months? Right, the infamous question I call it. <laughs> those that, those percentages have been well into the sixties. I mean, 50, high fifties or low sixties for some time now. Uh, and that's, that's an, that is an alarming percentage. And, um, when you look at it, um, I tell companies, I actually had a meeting with SMTA yesterday. I did a presentation for the West coast and I, I asked the, the audience, I said, has anyone else heard the massive sucking sound coming from companies? It's the talent that's walking out the front door. And that's exactly what it is. It's, it's those experienced designers that have uh, that walk out with their all the years of experience, their not their know how, their knowledge, all that that's walking out the front door every year. On a, I mean, at a very significant uh, percentage rate, and it, it, it's something that I've seen for for some time. So. When I had the opportunity to step in and actually reverse that trend, I grabbed the, the opportunity. Uh, Palomar College is one of the 
only colleges in the nation that offers PCB design at this level. Uh, 32 weeks, um, most of the universities, things like that, only offer, at most I've heard is eight weeks of PCB design. So it's, it's one of those areas that we can actually take advantage of. And um, so I, we're working now to, to work with companies. Um, and it's, it's a really a broad kind of vision that we ha- I, I have, the college has here, of working with companies um, saying, okay, if you are needing individuals, internships, uh, we would love to have you open up your open up opportunities for our graduates and our individuals. Or if you have stu- if you have uh, people that need training, please uh, let us know. We're glad to train them. And that's that's uh, I have several students that have recently gone through my advanced class that were actually referred to me from the company. So now they go back to their company that they work for, and now they're at better a better position to work uh, in that um, whatever their area they're working in. John, how many students take the basics class and then don't take the advanced class? Oh, I w- my uh, percentage is about seventy percent from the from the basics to advanced. So it's it's a it, there is a drop. Uh, now, one of the things that I'm working on and is to open up the advanced class to those who are experienced designers. That is that's something I'm looking at, and uh, it's been requested a lot by individuals. Is like, okay, I know PCB design, and I would like to take the advanced class. So uh, we do have the two two six class as a prerequisite. Uh, but under the discretion of the professor, they can accept students into the, the advanced class. So that's what I'm going to be looking at for my spring semester in 2024. It starts in January is bringing students in that have already been working in the PCB design, something like that. Uh, and that, that will be from the, that will actually increase that percentage a lot, I think. So, and just to clarify, the 226 class is the basics course. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, here's here's a key question. Do you teach hand routing or auto routing? <laughs> I do not teach auto routing. Why not? First off, I don't see auto routing as a popular thing in PCB design. If you ask most designer, and I, this is a great survey question. I would love to ask kind of an industry-wide, uh, how many auto route PCBs? Um, and you'll find that the percentage is very, very low. And I, I kind of give it to my students, and that is a question that comes up, is that if someone is familiar with PCB design, they say, well, can I, can I auto route my board? Well, I would prefer you not to. <laughs> The reason is I want you to learn this process. My, my, uh, my, my, my goal here is to teach the students critical thinking, solving the puzzle. And when you just go push the button and come back, go get your coffee, come back and, you know, let it do what it's doing. It takes, it, there's a couple problems there. Number one is you're not involved in the PCB design process. You're, you've kind of stepped away. You've let it kind of run its course through the AI uh, of the uh, program. Now, 
I find from my from what I've seen is I find that this is not popular in our industry because it pulls you out that very reason it pulls you out of the design process. I I find that people do PCB design because it's solving the puzzle. It's 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 the whole creative process of this is they they want to be a part of that. And um, auto routing completely takes you out of that. So, no, I don't teach auto routing, and uh, I teach them hand routing of boards. Now, I will, I, I will bring in some of the active routing or the intermediate routing techniques that you're not just uh, laying a trace down from point A to point B. There's some, there's some tricks on the tools themselves that are not auto routing but will help you to – to improve your routing techniques. So, uh, and it still keeps you in full control of the, the route process. So that's fair. The, uh, the Mars Rover board, um, is that the one that was built at Pioneer Circuits? Uh, yes. Uh, did you have a hand in designing? Uh, no, no. Okay. So, um, so what, to what extent have you been able to, you know, modify or add to the curriculum? Um, you know, you know, since you inherited something that was already there, you know, have you been able to put your own personal stamp on it? Oh yeah. Matter of fact, my curriculum is very fluid. Uh, being that um, I will go through a semester of both classes, and I will then, I, in the fact that I have companies that are first waiting for students who are one that get through this course. Um, now I'll tell a story about a young gentleman that, that actually just did my course. But um, I also talk to these companies about what they need, what technologies they're now bringing in and developing. And from that, I actually, I actually massage my curriculum each year to kind of re uh, kind of focus on what companies are looking for in the sense of, of these special technologies, as we know, right, it's constantly changing in our industry. Uh, I think we're seeing some, some greatest innovations that we've ever seen in, in our industry right now is that things are really, really fantastic. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable innovations. So I, I have to do this with my course is I have to constantly keep looking at it and say, okay, what do I change? What do I keep improving on? And uh, that's that's a major part of what I do, um, especially outside of class. Now, I, I have an individual that um, who came into my basics class, and he was a janitor. He was like, "Yeah, I just want a career change. I like I, it. Seems an interesting area to be in, and I I want to be a part of the." And he went through the basics class and the advanced class, never had done a PCB design before. Now he works for a company up in Carlsbad as their junior PCB designer. Very happy gentleman. <laughs> yeah. And this is what I kind of focus on is that I, I develop my curriculum from the, the uh, companies. I then work with those companies to say, here is an individual that has learned what you want him to learn. Uh, give him an opportunity and open up an internship or a job or whatever it is. So I, I love that about community colleges, right? I mean, you know, I think about uh, four-year institutions and, you know, usually one of the metrics is 
X percentage of our, of our graduates had a job within six months. And that's great. Okay, that's important. It's a huge investment of, of time and money and all the rest of it. And so, you know, you want to walk out of there being employed. But community college is all about being employed. Yeah. Learning how to do something and put it into practice. And, and if I look at uh, Zipia, the most common academic background for PCB designers in the U.S. today is an associate's degree. Yeah. So Palomar is really in the sweet spot in that regard. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit more about what Palomar is doing here because I think it's important. I mean, they're really punching above their weight when it comes to design. And there's also classes on geometric tolerancing and dimensioning. Yeah. There's multiple classes on 3D design using SolidWorks. So whether you're into electrical or mechanical, it seems like there's something for everyone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I will that is something that we are, are definitely known for at Palomar College. If you look at the co uh, community college program, I, I'm just looking at taking a snapshot right now of San Diego, for example, you will have specialty areas of each of the community colleges that exist here. Um, Palomar College is quickly becoming known for its engineering uh, side of this. If you want to learn engineering, Palomar College is your, your place to go. Um, and yes, we have programs that are not just for the development, but now also this uh, manufacturing side. We're now looking at, you know, the CNC milling side and the mechanical side and uh, all these other other disciplines in the um, design process, which is really, really phenomenal. I'm looking forward to the time, though, that I, I'm going to put this out um, to um to the college is saying we as a college could develop a a um, a kind of a system or a kind of you know a college project uh having each of our disciplines that we were kind of all working in our own, our own areas is saying we could come together and work as a college towards a single project of some kind that would involve all these different disciplines and that's what we're looking at uh, doing in the future to that extent, Lorraine Community College in Ohio offers an SMT or an advanced assembly program for electronics. Mm -hmm. And they actually have built it to the point now where it's a bachelor's degree offered from a community college. Right. The, uh, the program is tied into uh, local OEMs and assemblers who will effectively sponsor um, uh, future employees, right? They're not their own employees, but they will say, hey, look, you know, we have a need for X number of people. So if you graduate five people in the next three years, we guarantee that we'll have a job for those folks. Right. It's a very interesting model, but it does kind of have a hard cap insofar as the number of students that are available to go through the program at any given time. Mm -hmm. With the Palomar design courses, especially being online, it's, you know, the opportunities are much broader and because you don't have the same kind of equipment constraints, right? You don't right. need an SMT line you right. know, in your bedroom in order to, to learn this. There's a, it's a much broader potential reach. Yeah. Do you actually have a cap on the number of students? You know, because obviously there's a, there's a point at which you know, there's going to be diminishing returns. If, if there's 50 people in the class, you're not going to be able to do everything you can if there's 25. Right, exactly. Um, we are capped for a class at 22. Uh, I usually shoot for 25. Uh, there will be a few dropouts at the very beginning. Uh, but each class can have that, let's say, 25 number. So uh, what 
if, for example, uh, my first class fills up and I have enough people on a waiting list, I could then uh, approach a college and say we'd like to conduct a second class. All right. So uh, that could actually be done on an al- two alternate nights uh, you know, of the week. So uh, that is something that is there as an option. Um, I just find it interesting. Well, I will tell you some history that last year at this time, they were actually looking at canceling this class entirely as a college. Uh, I spoke to the dean of the college and said and told them that would be a very bad mistake because we are in an industry that wants that needs these individuals. The the need is out there. Um, And um, so I actually took up the challenge of, of filling this class. And it's one of my major uh, undertakings is not just to fill this class, but also fill the waiting list. Because I see it as, look, if we can't find 25 people nationally, <laughs> okay, who would like to learn PCB design, then we're, we're in trouble. All right, really, we're in trouble. And uh, this is something that I, I, I that's what exactly I told the dean. I said, this is, the need is out there. It's just a matter of getting the word out there that this is available to, to, to individuals that you can do this. You don't, and, and you don't need to have a prerequisite. You don't have to have a double E. You don't have to have a, this special training or anything else like that. I, I, I've seen individuals come from every area of life into this industry. Um, and it's, I, I personally came up the route of an electronic technician. That was my path that I took. But you can do any path that you wish. And that's what's amazing about this. Yeah, the unemployment rate among PCB designers in the U.S. is less than 2%. Yeah. If you, have, if you can do PCB design, you will be hired. Oh, yeah. You will have a job. So the, if I go back to Lorraine Community College for a moment, uh, one of the things that their director told me was that they've offered to license the program to other junior colleges around the country and mm-hmm. uh, have gotten no interest. <laughs> Um, has Palomar talked with other uh, community colleges or even for that matter, other four-year institutions about, uh, you know, packaging up this coursework and and offering it in some way, shape or form? Yes. Yes. Um, We are looking at getting this course certified by the state right now. uh, And we are then anybody in the community college system in California, at least to start, they will be able to take this course and get credit for their own college. So we are, we're in that process right now of, of getting this statewide uh, and to, to, to have this available to other students because I get, I get the students from those colleges right now that are, are attending this for the sake of learning the knowledge and learning it, but not getting college credit. So they, they're, at least they're doing that, and that's a, that's a, you know what they're the steps they're taking. But we would like to be able to have them get college credit. I so uh, the only step the steps that the steps I need to go through with that is to get my course certified, uh, at, you know, signed off by the state uh, community college system, and then it will be accepted. And because it's online, it makes it really convenient. Anybody anywhere in California will be able to take this and get college credit. But right now it's open up to anybody who would like to, to learn this subject. Well, John, your passion for this really comes through and I, uh, I applaud your efforts here. 
Um, the Palomar website for folks who are interested is palomar, P-A-L-O-M-A-R dot E-D-U. And John, can folks contact you directly if they want to learn more? Yes, please. Uh, you can reach me at uh, john.watson at altium.com or jwatson at palomar.edu. And uh, I will also put out my, my personal phone number, uh, 619-886-8860. I would glad to talk to you about uh, about getting you enrolled in the class. The, the class is open for enrollment now. It begins in August 22nd. I am counting down that day. And I can tell you this class will fill up. So if you're interested, you need to take the steps today to get involved, get signed up and enrolled, um, and get get your name into this class. Uh, it will fill up quickly. And I want to add that John will be among the panelists for the Next Generation Engineers panel at PCB West this year. The conference takes place September 19th to 22nd at the Santa Clara, California Convention Center, and the panel takes place on September 20th, the same day as the exhibition, and is free to attend. You may register at pcbwest.com. John, I want to thank you so much for coming on PCB Chat today. This has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot. Thank you very much, Mike, for having me. It's been a pleasure. For PCB Chat, this is Mike Buto. Have a nice day.